Uh, hello and welcome uh, to the Chairman's Lounge. Live from the Chairman's Lounge, the most wonderful, sweetest smelling, COVID healing, sexually restrained, traditionally brown, cushioned place on earth. Have you ever been to a better? I've never been I've to never a been. better. Hang on. Can you hurry up? Sorry, mate. I'm just. I'm, I'm a bit hungry. I'm just waiting for my um for my entree. Yeah. What are you having today? I'm having some um, spatchcocked yellow belly parrot. I think I'm just going to have a bag of chips. Yeah, you have a bag of chips. I mean, the great thing about uh, the yellow belly parrot, of course, is you build yourself a wind farm, get mm. yourself some turbines in. Just wait at the bottom of those turbines and the uh, yellow belly parrots will come your way. It's a very sustainable and eco-friendly way of farming. I might point out that my chips uh, are far from ordinary, though. They are mummified from potatoes. Uh, mummified potatoes that the English stole from the Irish during the famine. And they've kept them all this time and they've made them. These are special chips, baby. It's, uh, <laughs> let's go way back. <laughs> how, much, how, how much does a bag of one of those... <laughs> Set you back. All right, they never charge me. They never charge me. One of the me. great things about the Chairman's Lounge. Uh, but here we are live from the Chairman's Lounge from Sherberg, Queensland. We've come here because it's the least multicultural, uh, I guess, community in Australia, which is something that uh, I, I appreciate. It also happens to be one of the largest indigenous populations of any township in, in Australia as well. But your friend and uh, mine, uh, John Howard, would be uh, a friend of this uh, and very supportive of communities like this. He would love it. He would love this because he's not multicultural. And thank God for John Howard. He's been trying to whiten up this stinkhole of a country for his whole life. And it warms my heart to know that he's, he's still trying. Let's hear what the great man had to say at the uh, Loser Conference, or otherwise known as the Alliance of Responsible Citizenship Conference, also known as ARC. Multiculturalism is a concept that I've always had a bit of trouble with. I take the view that if people want to emigrate to a country, it, it, it's on the basis that um, they adopt the values and the practices and the standards of that country, and in return, they're entitled to have the host citizenry respect uh, their culture without trying to create some kind of federation of tribes and cultures. You get into terrible trouble with that. So there you go. The man is not a fan of multicultural. Who, who, who could have guessed? Yeah, well, I, you know, as I say, it's since, uh, I think, 1988 when he really kicked in with the uh, plans for the white Australia policy. We've always known that he just wanted to bleach and scrub and and get a nappy sand the arse right out of this country and just get this lovely shade of of ivory white. I think one of the beautiful things about him and his bastard spawn, Tony Abbott, is that they want to make the country in their own image. And so one of the existential challenges of our time is to make sure that that never, ever fucking happens. It says that... uh, So here's the plan. This is is what gets me, and I want to know what you think about this. He says that people should assimilate and blend into the culture. Get rid of separatism. Yeah, of of the country. So if you come to a country and you see what the culture already is, then... 
pull your head out of your bum and just blend in with the locals. Right? Exactly. If only the first fleet had the same philosophy, yeah. it would have been, you know, we're looking at a very different place right now. But and and says also says that we should celebrate things that we have in common. What I kind of like about it is at least there's some honesty to it. He's not a shark. It would take... You've got to have some coconuts, haven't but you, honestly, to come out and say something like that. The referendum has the referendum result has given him the coconuts. It, it, it has taken... Yes, taken the, it has. Yeah. It has taken the scab off the wound and revealed all of the pus underneath it, the white pus underneath it. So we have people like Tony Abbott now... Mm. Saying that climate change is, is just a it's just a joke, a bullshit thing. We have uh, something he said for years. Something he said for years, but he's just openly sprouting it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he yeah. couldn't be prime minister and not have a uh, climate policy, for instance. Mm. Did he say that at FARC as oh, well? Arc. Or, Arc, Arc, sorry, yeah. not FARC. No, no, Arc, Arc, yeah, Arc. Yeah. Uh, yes, he said that at Arc as yeah. well. Uh, Fark. Fark. As we heard. Uh, John Howard uh, decrying multi- multiculturalism. I just kind of wonder what the after party at that conference would look like. <laughs> <laughs> Does Curly Downer crack out yeah, the stilettos yeah. and the uh, fishnets Earl, again? Earl Grey tea, which I'm rather Earl partial Grey. to. Earl Grey tea. Not English breakfast. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, They're no. crazy motherfuckers, no. aren't they? <laughs> they just let it all... They let it all hang out at Fark. Um, Ark. <laughs> Ark, sorry. <laughs> but they let it all... <laughs> they let it all hang out. So you had to... Uh, so that... Um, uh, Pauline Hanson. That uh, Pauline Hanson, That yeah. Pauline Hanson was talking about it as well, that sentence. She was talking about uh, people blending in when they got here. So I want to know this. Let, let's say they're right, okay? Let's say that multiculturalism stinks. Yeah, okay? absolutely. Let's, let's just for the sake, let's say that, that, that he's right, Tony Abbott's right, and that red-headed tart is right. Yeah. Okay. What are you going to do? About, how are you going to do it? How do you police it? How do you say... Listen, you, we're gonna, we're gonna, we, you're restricted to two curries a week, right? You, you, uh, I, the, you are only allowed to cook foods from these select ingredients. You, you're only allowed to use ten foreign words a day. Mm-hmm. So if you're partial to, the, say, Yiddish words like schlep yep. uh, or schwitz or something, you can only ten other or deja vu. So deja vu all so, again. So, but. If you use up your ten words yeah. and you want to say deja vu, you can't say deja vu. You say, hey, I've got this feeling that this thing happened before, but, but I can't quite articulate it. That takes far too many words. It's easier to say deja vu, but in their world you won't be able to say it anymore. You see where I I'm think, driving. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're overcomplicating it a bit. I think the quickest and easiest way to... Uh, assimilate the Australian pol- um, Australian population, and he's already tried this. But if it comes to fruition, that means that everyone is appropriately assimilated, and it doesn't matter what language they speak. So if you know the Don's batting average off the top <laughs> of your head, yeah, 99.94 yeah. runs, yeah, 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 six runs short of the hundred. Mm. Um, if you know that off the top of your head, and everyone else knows it, and they can recite it off the top of their head, that's multiculturalism dead for you right there. When is uh, Fark meeting again? Ark. Ark. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <clears throat> well, it's going to take... I mean, I, I'm assuming it's going to take him at least four years to recover from this one. <laughs> By which time, maybe John Howard won't be here, but that's only my wishful thinking. Well, we jest about their name, but nothing is actually funnier than their real name, the Alliance for Responsible Citizenship. Who the crap would call themselves Citizen that? shit. <laughs> there will always be an England.
I might point out that I'm. Hey, you get your entree. Where's yeah, yeah, that's yeah, all right. Yeah. That looks good. That's yeah, good. I've got to let it cool down. They've overcooked it again, as per usual. But um, you want a chip? Grab a chip. I couldn't possibly <laughs> afford it. <laughs> we are proud to say that here at the Chairman's Lounge, we are not, thank heavens, reliant on the Optus Network. That's why you're getting a show this week. Imagine if Qantas navigation systems were reliant on Optus. <laughs> there's, there's your double corporate whammy. Well, well, you joke, but how do we know they're not? Well, so here's the thing. Well, I, as far as I'm aware, no planes have fallen out of the sky in the past 24 to 48 hours. As we know, the Optus network uh, had a little bit of a shutdown, and not only did it had a little bit of a sleep, had a little, <laughs> just a, a little snooze. Yeah. You know when you go onto your iPhone and you click the Do Not Disturb button. They hit that one too hard, <laughs> and they were undisturbed for a very long time. Uh, shut down a fair whack of the country, I'd say. And I, it's one of those little things that comes along, and you said, hang on a sec, so we really... It, the, the world really is that fragile, isn't it? So it turns out that the, uh, the Melbourne train network totally and utterly relies on Optus for the driver's communications between themselves. And, 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 and Chairman, what's their backup? There is no backup, Justin. There is no backup. What I want to know is who does Optus technical support call when they need technical support? I think that's basically where we found ourselves. Well, I tell you who they shouldn't call is their very own communications and media department, which I've got to admit, I've been around the media game for a long time. You've been around the media game for a long time. Sure. I've never seen a more shit performance from any company... That we're relies on, but particularly one that relies on companies, uh, uh, relies on customers. I don't think I've seen a worse performance. We still don't know what caused the outage. Apparently, it's part of a, a routine thing they do. They update their uh, system, the software of their system, and sometimes the hardware of their system. They wait until about three thirty in the morning, so it's least disruptive. And something. You, I, I love the fact that you think they've got a plan. <laughs> and the thing about I admire it, admire your optimism. It went totally and utterly to shit. Mm. And they probably tried turning it on again and off again several times. They tried probably calling their geeky friend from high school and trying to work out what the issue is. But as things stand now, we don't know what the issue is, and it's really, really concerning because. We then become to realise how much of our essential services provisions and our society and um, how much of our economy relies on privately owned business. And in this case, um, a foreign-owned privately owned business. Absolutely bang on. You go back to the old days when something would go wrong and there'd be a minister's ass that you could kick for it. Yeah. Who was, and he was worried about his position in Cabinet. He was worried about how he looked to his, uh, his Prime Minister or his Premier and he would be worried about how it would look at the next election. Yeah. But Optus have shown that they couldn't give a rat's ring uh, how, how they look to people. It's, a, it's also a reminder too in terms of how much of our essential service provision is, is being privatised. I mean, you look at what's happening um, in, in Gaza now, yep. and the Palestinians have had to basically appeal to the richest man on earth to get access to his Starlink network, which is basically colonised space without us even noticing, mm-hmm. to get internet and communications up and about in Gaza to make sure that humanitarian aid still gets through, etc., etc. That's where we're at. 
Yeah. So these things have kind of just crept up on us. The the our, our essential services being reliant on private businesses, the colonisation of space for communications across the globe. Yeah. Um, and, and are now in their hands and in, in control of a handful of people. And, 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 and in this country, uh, Chairman Daniel, what were we told would be the benefits of privatisation? We oh, were told. When, competition, what, what, what did they tell us? Better service they provision. They said it's all going to be cheaper. Yeah. Come with us. Hold our hands. Let's walk through this little rainbow arch here because it's all going to be a lot cheaper. And, and Chairman Daniel, is it any cheaper? My last uh, electricity bill was three quarters of a million dollars for, th- for three months. So, no. I mentioned Rat's Ring before. I think I might have that next week, uh, if it's still on the menu. On Melbourne Cup Day, uh, the interest rates were uh, shoved up again and, and made the possibility for many people... Shoved up everyone. But made the possibility of buying a home up there with going into space. Affording a <laughs> packet of your chips. <laughs> exactly. And uh, again, we're sold another pup because they say to us, look, uh, don't worry, because it is going to drop inflation. Will it drop inflation? Well, it will drop inflation if you believe that uh, the average household is driving up inflation by purchasing extravagant things like bread, <laughs> uh, petrol... Uh, electricity, yeah. fresh water. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if, if you believe that uh, those people... Bloody um, luscious. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so extravagant society now. Is driving up uh, 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 inflation and corporate profits and price gouging yes. by corporates isn't, then, well, yes, it will, it will drive down inflation. But um, if you look at uh, the, end, the net profit of one bank this week, Westpac... $7.2 billion they yep. profited, yep. up 26% on the previous financial year. On the back of this drive to lower inflation, mm. it is, and I don't want to sound like a, a, a hippie socialist, but it is the big end of town that is benefiting, benefiting from, from this. Thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But by all means, you know, on Melbourne Cup Day, while we've got our heads turned and our hands stuck into a little sweet container to pull out our pick for a horse, make sure you stick it in our bum. Yeah. You know, please feel free. And then there's there's all the contradictions that uh, come with Australian society. So we are are undoubtedly in a cost of living crisis. Mm. But on the very same day, uh, Australians on one horse for race will bet around $230 million on one horse horse race, that being the Melbourne Cup. We also have the the, the highest selling vehicle in Australia is the Toyota Hilux, which is subsidised by government, but is also one of the most costly vehicles to run on the road because yeah. of uh, fuel prices and fuel efficiency. We have limited um, real incentives to move people towards EVs, which would take the, the pressure off fuel, fuel prices for the average punter. Um, there are all these little levers that we can pull, but we're not pulling for various reasons. Absolutely not. Why do, why do people need such extraordinarily large cars? Well, I always thought that it's cheaper to go and get therapy than to buy a car that size. <laughs> I one that doesn't fit in the, inside one car park anymore. 
I think there's one thing about the Reserve Bank of Australia, though, is Philip Lowe uh, uh, left early, and I think it, it's bad publicity that made him leave early. So I say congratulations mm. to the entire country for giving him bad publicity. But there's one legacy that he's left behind that I'm kind of happy with, mm. is that whenever anything happens, we scream out, Bullshit! a lot quicker than we used to. With the Reserve Bank, you go back a couple of years ago, the Reserve Bank would say, listen, listen, we've decided to uh, plant a time bomb in a kindergarten and we're not going to tell you when it's going to go off. And everyone would go, yeah, that's fine. You are the Reserve Fis- Bank of Australia. Responsible. Yeah, that's exactly right. You are the Reserve Bank of Australia, so clearly you know what you're doing. We don't do that anymore. We scream, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, we call it out as is. And so every Reserve Governor, Reserve Bank Governor from here on in, uh, he's going to have a much tougher time for us. So Philip got out at the right time. This is a final call for Mr Justin Smith and Mr Daniel James to depart the Chairman's Lounge and head to your gate. Your flight is about to depart. Speaking of getting out at the right time, I think... Uh, that, that's how... Yeah, that's our call. My chips are gone and we say thank you very much to the Alliance for Responsible Citizenship for sponsoring the program today. Uh, we have been produced, we are live from the Chairman's Lounge, and we have been produced by the Content Engine, the podcast and video content specialist and life members of every Chairman's Lounge in the bloody universe. Please reach out and contact us at live from the Chairman's Lounge at gmail.com.